several people to attend a church service in our church, and um, I'm grateful for that. I remember well when we set a goal for 100, and then we set a goal for 200, and 300, and 500, and 1,000, and the Lord's been mighty good to us. And I, I really thought if I wanted to preach a sermon, something like that of Romans 16, where Paul just went through a list of people and said thank you, uh, those that had uh, helped and aided him in life and ministry. And I wanted to do that, and I wanted to praise the Lord for his goodness. And uh, so tonight I chose to preach uh, this psalm uh, that just gives several reasons why you and I ought to praise the Lord. And that's what I want us to do tonight. I want us to just end church, and when we go home tonight, say praise the Lord. And I'm going to give you some reasons why. Let's pray, and then I'll give you the message tonight why we should praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness to us, and I pray that you'd bless now the preaching of your word. Uh, Lord, I desire not only to praise you, but I desire to lead in a praise of you and for you and to you, a praise that will help us not only tonight in this service, but that we will carry it with us. And this instruction and this uh, how-to that will help us to praise your name tomorrow and Tuesday and throughout the week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Psalm 33 seems to be a continuation of Psalm 32. In Psalm 32, the psalmist praises the Lord for the forgiveness of his sins and for his salvation. Notice what he says in Psalm 32, verse number 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Aren't you glad your transgression is forgiven and your sin is covered? And then he says this, Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. I'm glad tonight that he has never recorded another sin to my name since the day he wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Not only did he forgive me of my sin, he has never recorded a sin to my account, and he added his righteousness to my account, and I'm going to heaven tonight not because of who I ever have been or who I am or whatever hope to be. I'm going to heaven tonight because of his righteousness. And for that I say, praise the Lord. Uh, Psalm 32 then closes in verse number 11 by saying, Be glad in the Lord. Now you may have ten reasons to not be glad tonight. But there's one good reason to be glad. Be glad in the Lord. If you're saved, that's a reason to be glad. If your sins are forgiven, that's reason to be glad. If heaven's your home, that's a reason to be glad. There are many folks that we're praying for tonight. There are many folks that I'm burdened for that are going through a dark valley of the shadow of death. And it's not an easy time. It's not a time to laugh. It's not a time to have fun. It's a difficult time. Ah, but even in the valley of the shadow of death, I can still be glad in the Lord. For they, although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with us. And then he says this in verse number 11, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice ye righteous. I want folks to let, I want to, I want to rejoice so folks will know I'm with the company of the righteous. And then he says this, And shout for joy all ye that are upright in heart. And so he ends Psalm 32 by telling us to praise the Lord. Now the two Psalms are different in content and yet both of them focus on praising God. 
Psalm 32, God is to be praised because of his forgiveness and his love. Psalm 33, God is to be praised because of this. He's in control. God is in control. Washington isn't in control. Thank goodness for that. It's pretty obvious they're not. Uh, Moscow's not in control. Beijing is not in control. God is in control. And so in this psalm, we are, we are instructed to praise the Lord. We are instructed to rejoice in Him. Now perhaps tonight it is an emotion to praise God, and that's all right. But if it isn't, make the decision to praise God anyway. Uh, uh, um, rejoicing is not only an emotion to rejoice is a choice now we're instructed to praise God and let me give you these things in verse number one saints are commanded to rejoice let's look at it verse number one rejoice in the Lord O ye righteous for praise is comely for the upright the word comely means beautiful praise and Christians go together. Comely is almost like the description of a garment, of something that we wear. Praise is not just what we wear. Praise is who we are. So praise is comely for the upright. There are many feelings or emotions that can take control of our hearts, of our minds, of our souls. We can be overcome with pride. We don't want to be overcome with pride. We can be, over, be overcome with bitterness or with hatred. We don't want to be overcome with bitterness and hatred. We can be overcome with malice. We can be overcome with anger. We can be overcome with envy. We can be overcome with unforgiveness. Uh, but you've heard folks say, especially of a past generation, don't act ugly. You ever been told not to behave ugly? Don't act ugly. Have you heard? Are you with me? Don't, don't, don't be ugly. Don't be ugly now. Now, they weren't talking about actually what we look like because we can't help that. They were talking about our behaviors. They were talking about our attitude. Don't be ugly. But the Bible says praise is comely or praise is beautiful for a Christian. You wear praise well. And so he says praise the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Make a decision to praise God. That's what he tells us in verse number one. And then I want you to notice verse number two, he calls on us to use musical skill to praise him. Look at verse number two. Praise the Lord with harp, singing to him with the psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Aren't you glad tonight? Didn't you enjoy tonight? Weren't you blessed tonight by the musicians that played from the keyboard to the horns uh, to the strings and uh, to the piano? Wasn't that a blessing to you tonight? It was to me. It always is. It just lifts my spirit. Doesn't matter how high my spirit is, the music always lifts my spirit. There's something special uh, for me when the choir begins to sing. I love it. I love it. I've never gotten over it. I don't want to get over it. I enjoy, uh, like I do five pieces of peanut butter pie, I enjoy the praising with the instruments and with the singing. So he tells us to rejoice in verse number one. He tells us to rejoice in verse number two. And then in verse number three, he tells us to sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. Lift your voice and sing. 
I don't know about that word noise. Maybe that's what I was doing a while ago, a loud noise, but I was excited about singing to the Lord. Now, what is a new song? Does it mean to write a new song every week? Is Brother Young supposed to write a new song? And so we praise him with a new song. But the word new and new song, if you'll study it in the scripture, you'll find that that's the song of salvation or it's the song that never gets old. Don't get tired of being born again. Don't get tired of being a child of the king. Don't get tired of heaven being your eternal home. Don't get tired of the fact that your sins are forgiven and the burden and the weight of sin is gone and we sing that song that stays new. When we get to heaven, all things will stay new. He makes all things new. He keeps all things new. So he says, sing that new song or sing about salvation. Then he says in verse number three, to, he says to praise him in such a way that we're loud or that we are heard by others. Don't ever be ashamed to let people know that you're a child of the king. Don't ever be ashamed to let folks know, sing good, sing bad, let them know you're singing and you're happy about something. Now, why should we praise the Lord? Why should we praise the Lord? Let me give you three reasons. They're all right here in the scripture. I want you to see them. I'm going to give you three reasons that we can praise God. They won't change tomorrow. They'll still be there tomorrow. They'll still be there Wednesday. They'll still be there Friday. They'll be there all week long. First of all, we praise Him because of His Word. We praise Him because the Word of God. Look at verse number 4. For the Word of the Lord is right, and all of His works are done in truth. He loved righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. You know what that means? God spoke the world into his existence. God spoke and the birds began to fly. He spoke and the fish began to swim. He spoke and the, and the trees were there and the leaves began to bud. He spoke and the flowers began to bloom. He spoke this world into existence by His word, by His mouth, by His word. And I'm supposed to rejoice. I'm supposed to praise God because of His word. Let's go on. Look at verse number 8. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Rejoice because of his word. Let me say three things about his word. First of all, his word is precious. The word reminds me that God's word sets the standard for what's right. Folks will often say to me, because I'm a preacher and I believe righteousness exalts a nation, folks will oftentimes and sometimes in anger, they'll say, you think you're right, don't you? You know what? It doesn't matter what I think. But it does matter what the Word says. I'm not looking for a Bible that lines up with what I think. I'm looking for the truth of the Word of God and I have it in my hand and I want to get in line with the Word of God because the Word of God is right. 
The word of God is right about life. It's right about death. The word is right of heaven and hell. The word is right about marriage. The word is right about the creation. The word is right about the coming king and the coming judge. The word is right about every single subject. That book is right. We don't judge the, uh, the book by the, by the best of the world. We judge the world by the word of God. It doesn't matter what men say. What matters is what God says. And I'm glad that my faith has found that resting place. My feet are standing on a solid rock tonight. I'm standing on the truth of the word of God. Rejoice in his word. His word is precious. Our society has been adrift upon the sea of time without a rudder. Our nation and the world as a whole has abandoned the Ten Commandments. They have abandoned the Great Commission. They have abandoned the testimony of Christ. They have abandoned the history of the nation of Israel. They have abandoned the instruction and the principle and the commandment and the precept. And they're like a ship on the sea without a rudder. And they're going in the direction that the wind is blowing. One day east and one day west. They have no idea where they're going. I'm glad tonight. I know where I stand. I know where I'm headed. Not because of a confidence in me. Not because of a pride in the flesh. I know where I'm going because I stand on the precious word of God. I think I ought to rejoice in the Bible not only because it's precious. I rejoice in the word of God because it's personal. It's personal. It's personal. This book is to me. Do you all get still, still get excited about getting mail? Does anybody get excited about getting mail? I'm not talking about bills. Sometimes Bill and Dunn are the only two people that write me. But, 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 but I like to get mail. You know, you, you get the mail and uh, whoever gets it. Then, and if you have a family uh, like we've had, they'll say, did I get anything today? Or they'll look at it. If it's a bill, it's for you, Dad. That's your dad, that's your dad, power company, gas company, insurance, taxes, car payment, house payment. It's all for you today, dad. Hey, here's a birthday uh, a card for me. I'm glad this whole book right here is not just precious to the world, but it's personal to me. I don't remember the name of the college in the New England area. But it, it, it's an old college, and they found a letter that was written appointing a man in the military to be a chaplain. And, and, and this person uh, that wrote the letter appointed this person to be chaplain. Now, now, the reason I can't remember the names of what college or what the name of the chaplain was is because, is because that wasn't the most important thing about the letter. Letters are found and letters are everywhere. But this letter, and they even valued it. I forget how much money they valued it. But it was a handwritten letter by Abraham Lincoln. And he chose this person as a chaplain because of their faith in Christ and knowledge of the word of God. He said, I want him to be a chaplain because he's qualified to be a chaplain because of his faith in God and knowledge of the word of God. Now what made that special, what made it valuable was the letter was written by Abraham Lincoln. 
If you tonight found out that you could get a letter that was handwritten by someone that was famous of the past, you'd be interested in getting that and having that in possession. Uh, Laura was showing me the other day, and I'm not exactly sure why, but she was showing me a letter that she had written to a governor, and a governor had written her back. And that's happened with our students that have written elected officials. I got news for you tonight. I got a personal letter in my hand. It's to me, and guess who it's from? It's from God. It's from Him. And I'm glad, hey, I take this personal. I wouldn't want to throw this on the table and not read it. How long does it take you to open a birthday card? It may take you three days to read it, but you open it and get the money out of it right now. It's precious, and I praise Him for His Word. It's personal, I praise Him for His Word, but it's also powerful. In these verses, the psalmist remind us that everything we see around us was spoken into existence by the speaking, by the word of God. Everything that's visible, he spoke into existence. Things that are invisible, he spoke into existence. Things that are large and seen and things that are small and hard to see. Uh, things that are around us, below us, uh, the minerals in the ground. God spoke them into existence, I say today. Praise God for his word. His word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Praise God for his word. Psalm 119, 89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Praise God for his word. I don't know, look, I don't know if what they say on the news was true or happened or is going to happen, but I know what God says in his word. It is true. It is for sure. This is the book to build your life on. Praise God for his word. Second of all, I want you to notice verses 10 through 12. Let's praise him for God's will. God's will. I'm glad God has a plan. The president doesn't. Or if he does, he forgot it. I'm glad God has a plan. Look at verse number 10. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. Now what's a device? Well, a nuclear bomb would fit in that place. God's not afraid of a nuclear bomb. God's not afraid of any of the devices of man. He doesn't fear a tank or he doesn't fear a warship. He doesn't fear a jet, a, a, a flying bomber. God doesn't fear that. Verse number 11, the counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. May I say tonight, God's will is something to praise God about. Men make their plans, they devise their schemes, but in the end, God's will is going to be accomplished. We look at the maneuvering of nations. It's possible to become filled with fear. When you think of the militant regimes, you think of Iran, you think of North Korea, you think of the power, the military, the financial resources of China, you think of the attitude of Russia, the threat posted to peaceful a people by radical Islam. It may seem to us that the world is out of control. 
The foolish decisions by our own government leave us wondering how things are going to play out in time and history. But I say tonight, not only do we need not fear, we ought to rejoice not only in God's word, but God's will is in effect. God's in control. Take your Bibles and go to Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah chapter 46. You find this truth throughout the scripture. Let me give you a couple of examples. Isaiah chapter 46. Notice if you will in verse number 9 and then in verse number 10 what the Bible says. Remember the former things of old. Isaiah 46 verse number 9. Isaiah 46 verse number 9. Remember the former things of old for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done. Saying my counsel shall stand. I will do all my pleasure. I've said it before. I was thinking about it again and reading these verses. Walter Cronkite used to say at the end of his newscast, the evening news and the world news, he would say, and that's the way it is. April 16th, 2023 or whatever day it was, and that's the way it is. The old preacher Vance Havner was watching the evening news one evening and he heard Walter Cronkite uh, sign off of his newscast with that uh, traditional statement and that's the way it is. And the old preacher raised his Bible in the air and he said, no, Walter, that's not the way it is. That's the way it seems. This is the way it is. I'm glad God's will is in control. Take your Bibles and go to the book of Daniel. I'm glad I just get to be a servant in the will of God. I'm glad I get to be just a servant for him. Uh, Daniel chapter 4, look at verse number 35. Daniel 4, verse number 35. Daniel 4, 35, And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doth according to his will in the army of heaven. And among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? I want to say tonight I can rejoice. I can rest easy tonight. I can thank God that God is in control. I rejoice because of his word. I rejoice because of his will. Let me give you the last one, and I enjoy this. We can rejoice because God is watching over us. Go to verse number 13. I love this. The Lord looketh down from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. For the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. We constantly make that mistake over and over again. We think that there's power in a majority. We think there's power in numbers. There's power in righteousness. There's power in God. There's power in doing what's right. There's power in Him. He says there is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. And horse is a vain thing for safety. 
neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. I like that because I hope in his mercy. My hope is in the Lord. My hope is in the Lord. My hope is in the Lord. My heart is challenged. My heart is challenged and and, and fear comes to visit me often and, and confusion and wonder visits me often. But I decide I'm going to put my hope in the Lord. You know, I, I've been thinking about faith this week. And last week actually when I preached about the resurrection you would think that the women that were going to the tomb of Christ would be going to wait and watch for the resurrection because he said he was going to rise again. Do you know their intent in going was to finish the anointing of his body for his burial? That's how our faith is. I mean, we commend them. They're going to the tomb of Christ. They're going to the tomb of Christ, but they're not going. They didn't say, let's go to the tomb because he said he's going to rise. Let's go and we'll watch and we'll, we'll see when he rises. That's not what they said. They said, we will go to anoint his body for the burial. They were going to go finish the work that Joseph, uh, Joseph of Arimathea had started. They didn't go in faith believing what God had promised them. I don't say that to be negative toward them. I say that to relate to how my faith and fear is just like this. And so what happens? By the way, the reason I need to rejoice by decision, because when I rejoice, you say, why should I rejoice? Because of his word. That brings me back to the anchor. Because of his will. That brings me back to the anchor. Because of his watching. That brings me back to the anchor. And I realize I don't have to live in fear. My hope is in the Lord. My hope is in the Lord. I rejoice in his watching. God's watching over us he sees the behavior of the heathen he sees that we've had men in history that have served our nation I love that statement that Ben Franklin made if God if God sees a sparrow fall if a sparrow cannot fall without his notice neither can an empire rise without his aid God is watching over us I want to live my life as though God's looking at me because God is he's watching me hey young people it's not about pleasing your mom and dad or what your mom and dad see. It's about what God sees. God's watching over us. You know, we live in a day there are cameras everywhere. There are cameras everywhere. This building, there's cameras. We do that because of safety. Everywhere you go today, you have to realize I'm being recorded. They put up signs and you're being recorded. Before there ever was these cameras, you've been recorded. God's been watching and recording from the beginning of time. I rejoice that God is watching. Proverbs 15, 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. God watches the heathen, verses 16 and 17. He watches with tender care those that fear him. And the decisions that will determine the course of this world are not made in Washington. They're not made in Moscow. They're not made in Beijing. The decisions that will affect the course of this world are made in heaven by a sovereign God who occupies the throne as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm glad tonight that I can rejoice that God has given me his word and God is in charge with his will and he's watching over us. He closes with the resolve to say, 
And it seems that he's even just saying to himself, just keep trusting God. You gave three reasons to praise him. Now let's look in the closing. Verse 20, our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. I love that word hope, as we hope in thee. So we go away tonight and we rejoice in him. Why do we rejoice in him? He tells us to, but then he gives us reasons why. The reasons why we rejoice because of his word. We rejoice because of his will. We rejoice because of his watchings. Pick up your songbook. We're all going to sing the imitation song tonight. I'll ask the ladies to make their way to the instruments. I'll ask you to stand. Psalm 32, we praise him because of his forgiveness of sin. Psalm 33, we praise him because he is in control. And I want to sing the song tonight, I will praise him. If you're here tonight and you've been saved, you're going to get baptized, you can go ahead and make your way and get started with that. You can go ahead and fill out your decision cards. Go ahead and get ready for baptism. But I want everybody to sing this wonderful song tonight. I'm not, just, I'm not preaching something to be heard. I'm preaching something to do. Let's praise him tonight. I, I, you, you say, what, what if you don't feel like praising him? Will you praise him by decision? You ever said to your child, give dad a hug? It didn't matter if they wanted to or not. It was good. Give dad a kiss right there on the jaw. Or maybe you said, I'll give you a dollar if you'll give me a kiss on the jaw. We ought to praise him tonight. And he's given us a lot to praise him for. Ladies, play the introduction, if you will, and let's sing tonight, I will praise him, 212. I want you to think of the words as we sing, as they stir our hearts to praise him tonight. When I saw the cleansing fountain open wide for all my sin, think about it. I obeyed the Spirit's wooing when he said, Will thou be clean? Think about it now. I will praise him. I will praise him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all ye people, for his blood can wash away each stain. Think of the words as we sing on the second verse now. Oh, the way seems straight and narrow. All I claimed was swept away. My ambitions, plans, and wishes at my feet in ashes lay. Good. Praise Him tonight. Praise Him for His goodness. He's worth your praise tonight. Praise Him with your loud singing to praise God for His goodness. Here's a good verse. Look at verse 3. This is a good one. Sing it with me now. Then God's fire upon the altar of my heart was set aflame. I 
shall never cease to praise him. Glory, glory to his name. I will praise him. I will praise him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all ye people, for his blood has washed away each day. Can I ask you to bow your head just for a moment?